If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. Well, I want to just share just a little bit about what the Lord's doing and, you know, because we thank you for all the investment you've made in the past and what, but you know, we believe that what you invest in, you need to know what you're investing in. Amen. Like I said in the first service, somebody called you and said, we want you to invest 10000 Your next question should be, what in? I mean, if it's not, then you need counsel. <laughs> Hallelujah. You ought to know what you're investing in. And so we want to just share a few things so you can know what you're investing in. Uh, of course, we minister, my wife and I, we minister in Addis Ababa mostly, in all of Ethiopia, but mostly in Addis Ababa. I administrate a Bible college there, and uh, we, I'm the chairman of, the co- of a committee of three people who oversee all the churches and Bible schools that we start out of that Bible college. And uh, we work and partner with a pastor in Washington, D.C. His name is Pastor Humphrey Alagaz. He pastors the largest uh, Ethiopian church in North America, and he had a vision to start 5,000 churches in Ethiopia. And so God has joined us together with him to partner with him uh, because we believe people are to work together. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, it's a shame sometimes that Christians have trouble working together when, when Muslims work together and Hindus work together. And, you know, of course, we have the true love. It seemed like we could work together. Amen? Hallelujah. But anyhow... Uh, God is doing a great thing just this past few months. In June the 2nd, we gr- had our fifth graduating class of 125 students. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The, in the five years, we've graduated 335 students. So you can see 125 is a significant part of that, and that's just this last year. So the school is growing. Uh, we have four other schools in four other cities that teach in the national language. In our, in our city, we teach in English. And so uh, God is doing a, such a wonderful thing there. Uh, this year, we had a student who missed a, a month and a half of school, and it was because he was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And uh, up in the north part of Ethiopia... It is an, it, there's, it's heavily populated with people who are of the Orthodox Church, which is the main church of Ethiopia. It's Coptic Orthodox. Coptic means it comes from the, Egypt. And uh, the Orthodox people are very similar to Catholic, only they have more saints and more ceremonies and more holidays. And uh, so uh, they're very similar, but uh, because... When you begin to preach anything, if you say anything about Mary, because he marries to them is the intercessor between God and man, or anything about the Ark of the Covenant, and, and, and you t- detract from those two, even for Jesus, then, you know, the judge is up there, the police up there, everybody's orthodox, so you'll get thrown in jail. So they were thrown in, in, in jail for preaching the gospel, and, but a magnificent thing happened. They started winning people to Jesus in the jail. And so finally, they got nervous, the Orthodox, because they they won so many people to the Lord, they released them. (laughs) Hallelujah. So that's one way to get out of jail. Hallelujah. Is win people to Jesus. They won about 
over 30 people, I think around 35 people to Jesus. Hallelujah. In fact, now their church they come out of has a prison ministry to that, to that uh, jail or jail ministry to that jail because they experienced all their living conditions in that jail and so they had a heart of compassion to reach out to them. And uh, we also have a graduate who graduated uh, actually several years ago. He has now made the, the head over all the church planning for a, a denomination called Kaliawat who have about 8,000 churches in the, in the nation and now he's in charge of all the church planning. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only do we sow into students the word of God, counsel, and, and, and we also into the graduates. We, we work with some of them afterwards. And then also other pastors. You know, Ethiopia is a nation that lacks leaders, lacks fathers. And so we are, we are help fathering and, and pastoring and mentoring some of the leaders and some of the pastors there. There's one pastor, his name is Pastor Addis, and he, he, uh, he has been, you know, it, it's funny uh, because sometimes things are, happen that you are not thinking will happen. Uh, there in uh, the nation of Ethiopia, and let me just take a, a small break here and we'll come back to this, but... Uh, just recently, within the week, the, pa- the prime minister of Ethiopia has passed away. And so we ask you to pray for the nation that God would strategically raise up the right leaders at the, for the right place and the right time. Because it's a, he was a strong leader that was holding back Islam from taking over in the nation. And so now he's passed away. The one who's his assistant, who ra- rose up to take his place, he's a Christian, uh, which praise God. But we're not sure how strong he is. You know, not all Christians are strong. In fact, some people have a a, a name badge Christian and some people have a lifestyle. I I love you too. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so anyhow, uh, this... There was a Muslim who was a military advisor to the prime minister. But listen to this. He went to this pastor Addis for advice. So you have a Muslim going to a pastor for advice. And he's the advisor to the prime minister, a military advisor to the prime minister. And so this military advisor who's a Muslim, his wife accepted Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And came to her husband and said, you know, uh, I've accepted Jesus. I'm going to live for him. I don't know if you, it's going to be a problem for you, if you want to divorce me, put me away, or what. But I just want you to know about it. And listen, this is what the, the, the military advisor said to her. He said, if you live like Pastor Addis, I will support you. Now, Pastor Addis told me, he said, I've never preached the gospel to him. I just lived Jesus before him. Listen, your lifestyle is so important. Your lifestyle is so important. It is the strongest part of your witness, especially to people you're around consistently. And so anyhow, when he said, I will support you, how many of you know he's getting to the edge of the bank where he's about to fall in? Amen. He's about to get saved. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We have another graduate who's teaching in a Bible, I mean, teaching in a regular university, and he had the opportunity to speak to all the children of all the senators of the nation. 
Hallelujah. Amen. And, 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 and began to sow a little truth in them. And, and you have to do it wisely, but he began to sow truth in them. And so God is doing good things. God is doing good things. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, we could tell you story after story. Every student has some kind of a story. One young lady, uh, in fact, she doesn't know how old you are. She is because, you know, when you live in the, in the countryside and you get born, you don't even have a calendar, so you don't even know what day it is. All you know is it's today. Hallelujah. And uh, so she don't know how old she is, but she, you know, her, her father is a Muslim, but she, got, she converted, and, and she's a Bible school graduate. And she started a school out in nowhere, outside of a city called Hosanna, but out in nowhere. But all around there is a farming community of Muslims. And all of those Muslims, because the city is too far away, all sent their children to her school. All her teachers, except for one, are Christian. And so now all these students are hearing not only they're t- getting taught, but they're hearing about the gospel. And then she has activities, invites parents. And even we had one of our instructors go over there. And, you know, some of the people of that, neighbor, or that farming community, Muslims, are coming to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Who'd ever thought it'd come through a girl who doesn't know how old she is and, uh, you know, just... And doesn't, she barely, she understands English pretty good, but she can't speak it hardly. And she came and graduated from Bible school and took the gospel to those people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you'd never find this place if you were looking for it. It's off in nowhere. And yet, man, probably close to 100 kids are coming to that school. Wow. How amazing. The Lord is good. You know, the Lord told me, he said, you can't reach everybody. Just reach the few who will reach the many. Reach the few who will reach the many. And so when we're sowing our lives into ministers, pastors, uh, evangelists, prophets, apostles, every kind. Of, and God has just given us great favor there. And God is doing a great thing. We started a degree program this coming uh, September. Well, next month. We started a degree program. So God is doing mighty things. So these are the things you're investing in, and they're bearing fruit to your account. Hallelujah. We want to thank those who uh, participated in helping with scholarships for students in the, in the past. You're welcome to do that in the future also. Just talk to Pastor Eric. And, but uh, our, I guess when they take the offering up, they'll tell you about that. But also, you know, if you want to give towards just everything else we're doing. Everything, you're welcome to it. We just want you to know that that opportunity is available. And in the back, we have a newsletter. If you want to be on our newsletter list, if you'll sign your name, we'll put you on there. And whenever we can send out a newsletter, we'll send it out. Sometimes over there, technology is not in the same place as here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, we have, we have uh, what, do you, what do you call that, uh, intermittent windshield wipers? We have intermittent internet. We have intermittent electricity. We have, in, you know, so it's a, we have intermittent. So you have it, windshield wipers. We have it in, of the other things. Hallelujah. And so sometimes we're just so busy, too, we don't have time to do things. So thank you for your patience. But, you know, hallelujah, the work of the Lord will produce much fruit. Yeah. 
Amen. There's a lot of sacrifice, but sacrifice should always be investment. Hallelujah. Don't see sacrifice as suffering. See it as investment because investment has returned. You know, investment is your future. What you invest today is what you'll live on tomorrow. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's something more sure than the stock market, which is kind of funny, but anyhow. uh, There is something more sure, and that is the kingdom of God. Heaven doesn't have recessions. Heaven doesn't have depressions. Heaven has abundance that is unlimited. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for those good things that God has done for us. We have no complaints. God has just done such wonderful things. We have so many testimonies to tell, but we want to get the Word of God to you today because the Word is what gives life. Amen? And and we had a wonderful time in the first service, and I believe we'll have a wonderful time in this service. I believe that your God is going to speak to you and change your life. You know, it only takes one word for God to change your life. You know, we might talk for an hour, but God can change your world with one word. Hallelujah. So now listen to him as we speak. Not so much that you hear us, but you hear him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I I want us to pray just a second because I want us to prepare our hearts to receive. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you right now that you are speaking to us today. That you are giving Everything that we need today. Thank you, Father, for ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. I think it's a good place to begin. It's the book of beginnings. Hallelujah. Genesis 15. And we're going to look at verse 1. Now, if you remember, in chapter 12, God first came to Abraham and called him to leave his country, leave his family, leave his people. And Abraham left Haran and came down into Canaan. And he left almost all of his family except Lot. I remember Lot. Hallelujah. And uh, so he, he didn't leave Lot. And it was a, 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 still another chapter at the end of chapter 13, Lot and him split, split or divide. And so, and then, of course, in chapter 14, he had to rescue Lot. And because uh, Lot got taken captive by the kings that attacked Sodom and Gomorrah. And then in chapter 15, let's start reading here. And because remember, God told Abraham that in you, all the families, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Through you, the whole world will be blessed. And so now let's read here. After these things, verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Abram, I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. Woo. How many know God's a reward? Amen. The Bible says... That we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hebrews eleven six. 6. 
It says that he's a rewarder. He is our, not just our reward, but our great reward. Not just our great reward, but our exceedingly great reward. Hallelujah. That means he's greater than great. Hallelujah. So this is the Bible's way of saying that he is an unlimited reward. There is no limits. Hallelujah. See, God wants to be a reward to you. Oh, hallelujah. He's telling that to Abram. But now Abram has kind of another thing in his craw. Anybody know what a craw is? Abraham still has something in his craw because he still doesn't have children. And all the world is supposed to be blessed through him and his seed. And he still doesn't have children. So he's got this kind. He's got a, a, a beef with God. Hallelujah. How many of you ever had a beef with God? I don't know why it's a beef, not a chicken. But it, <laughs> hallelujah. And he said, and Abram said, now notice God just said, I'm your protector and I'm your reward. Now this is a strange way to, to respond to that. Not, he didn't say, oh, thank you. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so great. No, he said, I need to talk to you about something. <laughs> How many of you ever been in conversation with somebody? And they, they didn't even come, they didn't say hello or nothing. They just wanted to talk to you. Well, Abraham's kind of doing that. And he, of course, they're friends, aren't they? Amen. And he said, Lord God, what will you give me? Now, now he's not like thinking like some people, you know, just like what kind of blessing can you do for me? He's thinking about the seed, his children. Are you with me? He said, he's not saying my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. You know, no, it's, that's not what he's trying to say. He's saying, you give me, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, I don't have any children. The heir of my house is not even a child. And Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Look, he's talking pretty pointed to the Lord. Isn't that correct? I mean, this is God Almighty. He's kind of chewing on him a little bit. He said, look. I mean, look. You see any children? No offspring. Indeed, one born in my house, but not from me, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body. Ooh. One will come from your own body, but one will come from your own and shall be your heir. Then he, the Lord, brought Abram outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Wow. See, now, remember Abraham, he's upset because he's, he's a little bit saying, Hey, I don't have no children. I'm getting older, older, older. Look at this body. 
Where is the promise? You know, sometimes you're, you read about the promise of God. You have promises from God, but you're saying, where are they? Abraham is saying, Lord, where are they? But the word of the Lord came to him and said, they're coming. But notice then he said something. It says, then he brought him outside. Then he brought him outside. He brought, he, the Lord, brought him outside. Outside of what? Outside of his tent. You know, back then people lived in tents. Are you with me? Now, we're not talking about, some people, when you think of a tent, you're thinking about a little pup tent. Now, they, don't, they weren't on a camping trip. I mean, this is their home. So it might have been big as half of this building. I mean, they, they had big tents. Amen? And so, but listen to me. If I give you an hour today, most of you could look at everything in this room and know everything in this room. You could look at everything. I mean, how long does it take you to look at everything in this room? Not very long. In fact, in this room, it's easy because there's not a lot in this room. But you see, the trouble is you can't see anything beyond this room when you're in this room. And God knew that Abraham had lost sight of his promise. And all that Abraham could see was his body and Sarah's body and everything in the tent. You see, the tent represents your circumstances, the things that you can see. And, and Abraham is seeing everything that can be seen. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's seeing everything that can be seen, but he's not seeing a seed. He's not seeing a child. Excuse me. This is holy water. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> All right. Now listen. He's seeing the things that are around him, but he's not seeing everything that there is. So God says, I'm going to bring you outside of your tent because you're not seeing the promise anymore. All you're seeing is the problem. All you're seeing is the circumstances. All you're seeing is the things inside your tent. Inside your tent, there's no children. Inside your tent is your older body. Inside your tent is your wife's older body. And we're not talking like 50. We're talking about we're getting close to 90. Are you with me? And so, uh, and so God said, it says God brought him out. Oh, hallelujah. I believe God wants to bring you out of your tent today. Amen? Bring you out of your small thinking. Bring you out of your partial thinking. Bring you out of seeing just the problem. Bring you out of seeing just the circumstances. Bring you out of seeing only what these eyes can see. It says he brought him out. God will bring you out of your tent. Amen? God will bring you out of your tent. Maybe some of you need a breakthrough. You've had a problem, a long-time problem, a long-time lack, or a long-time problem, and God wants to bring you out and show you the answer. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the answer is never in the problem? 
Listen, when you, get a, when you get a test and you see the problem on the test, the answer's not there. That's why you have to study. The problem is never in, I mean, the answer is never in the problem. But yet, we as people are so inclined to keep looking at the problem. And yet, we'll never see the answer if we keep looking at the problem. I mean, you can stare at your problem all day long, and the more you look at your problem, what happens is it becomes magnified. Listen, because when you keep looking at your problem, you meditate on it, and meditation magnifies. But God wants to bring us out of our tent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that we're not just sitting in the midst of our problem, just looking at the problem, looking at the circumstances. See, God wants to bring us out. Hallelujah. How many of you want to come out? See, some people don't need to come out because they have a problem. They need to come out because they need to see more than they're seeing. They need to take bigger step or a different step. They need to change something. God has a destiny waiting that you need to see. Different people need, some people need direction. They don't know what to do, where to go. So God needs to bring them outside of their tent. Because in their tent is all the familiar. But in the familiar is not the answer. See, God is not in the tent. God is outside the tent. Hallelujah. Thank you for all your amens. (laughs) Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Listen, it says he brought him outside so he could see into heaven. See, God needs to take us out of our thinking, out of our circumstances, so that we can see into the spiritual realm. So we can see into heaven. So we can see what he's showing us. To see what he's showing us. In the book of Exodus, chapter 15 the people of Israel just got through coming through the Red Sea and, and Egypt was drowned. The soldiers of Egypt were drowned and they were delivered. They were rejoicing, dancing and playing timbrels and everything. And three days later, they began to run out of water. And, and as they ran out of water, murmuring started rising up because they thought, you know, how can we live without water? It's all your fault, Moses. How many know it's always the leader's fault if there's a problem? But anyhow, that's what everybody thinks anyhow. And so, anyhow, he came out, they came out, they're all murmuring. They came to some water. He brought them to the water, and the water, they went and all ran to the water to drink, and all of a sudden, I mean, it is bitter. And so now the complaints increase. But Moses, Moses really had a revelation. Hallelujah. Moses, it didn't say that Moses said, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Y'all want to replace me? Get another leader. I'm no good. He didn't say that. He said, it says that Moses cried out or called unto the Lord. Hallelujah. He cried out unto the Lord and the Lord showed him. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you're in your tent, the Lord can't show you. That's why he brings you outside the tent. So he can show you. And it says, he, the Lord showed Moses a tree and told him to throw that tree in the water that was bitter. They took the tree, threw the tree in the water, and the water became 
Hallelujah. God shows. He shows. Jeremiah 3, 33, 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. God wants to show you great and mighty things. The Holy Spirit has come to be a shower. Listen, we should, not, we should be watching Showtime on God's channel. Hallelujah. God, the Holy Spirit, is wanting to show us. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says that, I, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them which love him. Hallelujah. But the Spirit of God, God has revealed us, has showed to us through his Spirit those things that have been prepared for us. Listen, things have been prepared for you. Things before the foundation of the world, things that you've never seen, things you've never heard have been prepared for you. And God wants to bring you out of your tent to show you those things. Because, see, when you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to bring you out of your tent so he can show you what you've never seen. Now, don't be thinking, maybe when you say he's going to show you great mind things, don't he's going to think he's going to show you, you know, oh, I'm just going to show you how to, you know, conquer the world in one easy step. You see, sometimes when God shows you a great thing, it comes in seed form. Are you with me? I mean, all of creation came by a seed. Salvation came by a seed. Salvation started out with a baby in a manger. That doesn't look like that's going to save the world. Listen, seeds have greatness in them, have mightiness in them. But sometimes God gives you the seed, but you have to learn to trust him and take the seed and plant the seed. And God will produce greatness and mightiness in your life. So don't look for the great revelation in your mind great, but look for the great revelation in God's mind great. And when you see that and act on that, God will fulfill promises that you could not even imagine. Because you will see what your eye has not seen. And you will hear what your ear has not heard. And you will have in your heart things that you never imagined before. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you today. Hallelujah. Because I believe that God is fit is in the process of preparing his church to go where it's never gone before and to do what it's never done before and to tap into what's been prepared for you before the foundation, things in heaven's warehouse that we have never tapped into and never used. God wants to bring that to pass in these last days. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. If you're one who wants to come out of your tent, I'm going to pray for you today. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you today. We thank you today that today is a day we're coming out of our tent so that we can see into heaven and see what has been prepared, so that we can see into heaven 
And we can be shown great and mighty things that we do not know. Father, today, today, Father, bring us out of our tent. Today, bring us out of our small thinking. Bring us out of our, out of our thinking being based on our circumstances. Bring us out of the tent that surrounds us so that we can see into your promises and see into the things that you have prepared for us. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.